0: So this is a little video that I saw hit t- my Twitter feed and it's features one of your favorite persons and I have more reason just to really not like this person. Okay, so I'm going to I should open it and watch. Yeah, go ahead and watch it. Okay, I'm doing that now. All those explosions, the car flipping, that's all real. That's all live, real, real ratchets, whatever. Uh, it looks very dangerous. It could be very dangerous if you don't know what the hell you're doing. But most of it is most all real stunts. It's literally, there's very few blue screen shots on the movie. There's not a lot of CGI. There's a couple, and I'm, you know, some of the CGIs is shit in this movie. Um, <laughs> there's a couple shots that I
1: wasn't happy with, okay? Right. That's, that's Bay, isn't it? Yeah. Is, is he directing this? Yes. Oh, I did not know that because it it looks better than a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> like it looks at least more. Well, apparently
0: interesting. the CGI is shit. If you take his word for it,
1: why would you do that in advance? I don't like, know, especially and in it advanced. pisses me off. Like so not, e- bad. not even as like oh, people have seen it, and some things are getting critiqued, and I'll I'll try to throw someone under the bus later. Like the movie hasn't come out yet,
0: right? But ultimately, like that's your job as a director to sign off on that stuff so you cannot throw your vfx department under the bus
1: yeah i mean come on guys it's it's not like uh it's that you know some amazing animatronic gag of two rats humping in <laughs> an attic a- crawl space area for no goddamn reason other than a joke i wanted to take too far it's not that level of genius but the fact that I didn't see that movie until like <laughs> three years ago, whenever it was, like I, I I got that far through my life, like fifteen years at least after that movie came out, I'm I'm happy, yeah. sort of about that. But that will probably always be like the hill that I will die on in crucifying Michael Bay.
0: I mean, between that and the second Transformers movie, when he makes a Transformers robot climb a pyramid. But also have testicles.
1: (laughs) Well, you see, it's funny because they're machines, but they're sentient and balls. Sure. Sure. Get it? I mean, the movie, this ambulance movie looked at least like a thriller, looked kind of like suspense, looked interesting enough. I was like, oh, okay, I'd be interested. I'm in for it. Like with the actors alone, I was like, this looks compelling. Yeah. What kind of special effects could you be doing that you think are so bad that they're gonna like? Apparently, like, are they gonna stand out?
0: You know, he just spent all that money making CG balls. He was fine with that, but whatever CG happened in (laughs) ambulance, that was that was where the line was. Welcome to another episode of Brad Guy and the Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is the only other person in the group brave enough to stick it out through this movie, Josh George. Uh, number one,
1: I'm really glad that you came up with something because I got so <laughs> used to being able to like play off of some kind of intro that when it's like lately, it's just been the like,
0: hey, Josh is here. I, I realize I have nothing clever to say. I mean, part of it is just to piss off Mike, too, because he doesn't like when he has intros. He doesn't like when he doesn't have intros. I can't make the man happy. So we'll just <laughs> see what he goes with. Uh, yeah, I,
1: I, I, I got here on uh, on on a I would just say like on an impulse, as I told you guys, uh, <laughs> what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, Sarah said the afternoon of opening day on Thursday, she was at work and she said, Hey, there's a showing at like 530. You just want to go
0: like, okay. And we did. It's a thing we did. Yeah. I don't know how cryptic the intro was, but we're here to talk about Sony's latest attempt at a Spider-Man spinoff movie, Morbius. Um, Yeah. We, like Josh was saying, we, I actually had no intention of covering this. I figured I'd be the only one that just decided to go. Like I was, I was more morbidly curious to see if it was as bad as early reviews were going to be and how Sony was going to make this work. So, yeah, I was surprised to hear that you actually went, too. So I was like, okay, well, now if we want to talk about it, I guess there is someone else to spitball some of this stuff with. And after seeing the movie, I felt compelled (laughs) to try to book you to talk about this movie because I think it needs to be talked about for better or worse. Um, But, I mean, before we get too far into this, I do want to stress, anything we say about the movie is the opinion of Josh and I. I will stress that if you're curious about the movie, go see it for yourself, form your own opinion if you enjoyed the movie, I will tell you up front, this is probably, won't be a fun episode for you to listen to. Um, I, but I do think it's going to be very cathartic for us, uh, definitely myself, I think, just to kind of get it out. <laughs> because even the last couple of days, just sitting on what this movie is, I feel like I just want to talk about it. Too Um But uh, if you've listened to past episodes of the show, most of us are not fans of the two Venom movies that Sony has made. Um. So I feel I need to be clear. There's there's no confusion. Uh, the Venom movies and now Morbius are not. I repeat, they are not made by Marvel Studios. And I would like to say this because if if that's sep- that be- because of that, it separates them from the MCU. Now, as we've been seeing through some of the other movies and stuff, it, there are hints that the lines are blurring between these two universes and stuff. So we'll see what happens. Um, we can get into some specifics later. But for anyone that hasn't been following along, I, th- I bring this up all the time. But as a reminder, Sony owns the rights to Spider-Man. That's the the film rights to Spider-Man. So that includes all of Spider-Man's side characters as well. Um, in an effort to play nice with Marvel, uh, Disney and Marvel allowed uh, Sony to cut kind a of deal with them. So Sony is basically letting Marvel borrow the character from Sony. Um, the way the three movies have been made, that's Homecoming... Far From Home and now No Way Home. As well as any is of that,
1: the Avengers or Captain America that he appears in.
0: Right. Well, specifically the Spider-Man trilogy of yeah. movies has been... Uh, Marvel is making the movie. Sony is paying the majority of the bills. So Sony seems to get a lot of the credit, I feel like, for, for or at least reaping the profits of what comes out. Now, every movie... Since once Homecoming came out, I think they renegotiated who was getting a cut of what. Far From Home made like a billion dollars, I think. And then suddenly it was like... That was when, if you remember, that's when talks broke down. Like, the the contract that they had signed, the sharing of the character went away for like three months. And luckily they kind of worked it out and decided to rethink what they were doing. Because once a movie makes a billion dollars and Marvel's putting in the work and they're only seeing 10% of the profits, that became a problem. So... And you know, Sony just basically said, "We can take our ball and go home." You want Spider Man? He's ours. Uh, see ya. So they ha- they renegotiated. We got no way home after that. I think the the cut for Marvel is somewhere around twenty or twenty five percent now, something like that. But the majority of the stuff still goes to Sony. So Sony's getting a lot of those profits. Um. So that's that's where it's been. At the time that they re upped the contract, I could have sworn everybody reported that it was going to be two mcu appearances from tom holland one of them was presumably spider-man 3 the other one i feel is still yet to be unnamed but tom holland i feel like has been talking about how he's not really playing the character or he's been pretty much done so i don't know where they're going from here um so that's kind of a wait and see approach but uh you know with marvel studios making spider-man viable on film again sony has started to realize they can play around with the characters that still fall under the spider-man umbrella which they, you know, effectively still own. So, now we've gotten two Venom movies. We've gotten Morbius. Craven uh, the Hunter is on the way. Uh, at some point, there were rumors of a Black Cat and Silver Sable movie. I haven't checked. I don't know if that movie is still happening. I feel like it's dead. Didn't they... There's also... They
1: announced... Um, what's her name? Is it Dakota Johnson? Is that her name? Dakota uh, That is playing a sort of the same thing isn't she like technically a villain but they're trying to turn her into the headliner
0: was it one of those characters or a different character
1: uh that's what i'm looking up right now i know it was just in the last couple of months
0: maybe i missed it um where's uh? come on come on was it like black cat or something i feel like she could fit for black cat it was not uh keep uh go ahead and vamp i'll find it okay um so i'll just kind of move us on here uh We'll come back to it if we need to. With all that being said, I think it's it's usually why most of the Sony-made spinoffs have, I think, a disadvantage, in my opinion, which, like, I wish so much that the Marvel-Disney stuff could just get the rights to these characters back, and we could all see an MCU that includes all of this stuff, and not have to worry about all the legalese that goes back and forth between all this stuff. It's probably a lot of my own bias just for all that stuff, but I always look at these spinoff movies as as cash grabs for Sony, and that just... Already, anytime Sony announces a movie, that's the way I see it, so it already comes in with a strike, I think, from me. Like I'm already like, okay, what are they going to do now? Um, but Josh, I guess just to get your sort of feel of it, how do you feel about the, the spinoff movies that we've seen so far? I guess really all we have to go on right now is two Venom movies and Morbius, but... So Sony's version of Spider-Man stuff. What do you think?
1: Right. Uh, let me put a pin in that and do a quick sidebar based on what I just okay. said. So it is rumored that Dakota Johnson is in talks to play Madam Web. This oh, is that's this, right. this was like that's right. early February uh, of the, of this year that it came out um, that I guess like it will be like the title character. Like that is the who the movie is going to be about. There's a name. One of the screenwriters that I'm already um recognizing it might be both who I'm pretty sure were on, were on Morbius um, oh, are mentioned okay. in this article um but that's just what that is okay um okay so I saw Venom in the fall of 2018 because yeah I guess like without Tom Hardy I don't think I would have had any even curiosity based on what I saw if I saw the right. same trailers with a different person, um, I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have cared. Mm. But I'm like, all oh, right, it's it's okay. It's it's Bane coming back to t- to do Venom. All right,
0: <laughs> and then we all saw it, and we all said, "What the hell?" Which we've at least seen it twice, right? Because we saw it. You saw it in the theater when it came out. I, I saw it in the theater when it came out, and then we watched it again for Rewind Theater we
1: did and if we were good at this we would have that episode number on hand to yeah i knew we did it i didn't take the time to look up what episode that was it's early on i think it's like number two or three
0: yeah we got to it real early for something that wanted to go back and watch older movies we really got to some new stuff very quickly very quickly. yeah so i'd say
1: listeners look for something around i don't know the fall of 2020 for uh for rewind theater uh episode of venom um I, I, I didn't, I do not have favorable views of Venom. Okay. Um, Yeah. That's what I remember. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, six to seven months after Venom 2 has released, I still have not seen it. I flat out refused even... Okay. I flat out refused to see it in theaters, even having the AMC subscription service <laughs> knowing that somehow that still filters a certain cut of money to that movie's box office. Um, based on things that I actually just said before, like in our cold open discussion, pre-talk granted art cannot be assessed without paying first paying the price of admission. You you don't get to do that. So yeah. I, I can't say that it is bad I can say that based on previous experience, I had little desire to continue experiencing and consuming the related art.
0: I mean, that would be the biggest blow for them, right? Just don't pay your money. I, like, that's right. what they want. So, if you if you can stick to your guns and do that, I I think I did see it based on the the amc pass so mm-hmm. in my mind it always looks at like oh yeah i'm seeing it for free but technically i've paid my subscription so they're getting my money some way somehow right there's some percentage
1: of whatever that relationship is of, of how that works that it's it's going to the totals uh, yeah so as of now so my birthday was at the beginning of march and for the last month i have had a free r- rental from Redbox to use <laughs> That doesn't expire till June. I said even... I I think I said when, when, when Venom 2 was announced, I yeah. said the only way that I will ever watch it is if there's some way I get it for free. <laughs> <laughs> Either through something like a free coupon or... And I don't know how the Redbox thing would work out if there's still like a quarter that would somehow go to 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 it so like I might wait till I find a copy at the library or something yeah yeah that was the only way I said I was going to do it so as of now I I'm pretty sure I'm going to use my free coupon for Sing 2 <laughs> instead um so I I have not seen it uh from what I've heard it's 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 on par with having a bad opinion of the first one so that's where I'm coming into Morbius now the first i think impression i had of of Morbius and let's remind people unless this was something you were gonna get to, but I'll just say it now this movie was supposed to be out in the summer of 2020 like yeah. there were trailers in like early 2020 uh for summer release God only knows what it like what reshoots edits anything that might have happened since then um there wasn't really a lot that I heard about. Like reshoots, so I don't know what kind of editing took place, what like what they just chose to do from potentially the initial product that was supposed to be out there. Probably the same thing uh, as as seeing Tom Hardy, where I'm like, okay, Jared Leto, freaking Oscar winner <laughs> for one of the for a very well deserved Oscar, D- Dallas Buyers Club is one of the best movies of the last 15 years. And he and McConaughey absolutely deserve the awards that they were given for that. Yeah. So that said, after the shit that he took for his Joker portrayal, you know, who knows if Sony backed up the money truck or what it was, but 50 year old Jared Leto, the artist (laughs) wanted to take this on and, and, you know, took his crack at it. So that was my inroad. And I thought, regardless of what this is, th- th- there had to be a reason this guy wanted to try this.
0: You have to, it always makes me wonder too, if it's like, because Marvel is doing so well with their stuff. Like, you know, the MCU and Marvel Studios and Disney and all that stuff. Are the actors just that oblivious where someone says, hey, do you want to be a Marvel character? And then they sign the contract and they, like, oh, by the way, no, it's for Sony. It's not really part of what to play with the other guys. Eh, I doubt it's that
1: naive. I feel like the, everything that we always try to remind people of that whole Sony Disney deal that you, you mentioned at the top, that yeah. is all the insider baseball stuff that they're all involved with. You would hope they know they got to know it. Yeah. Inside out. You know, I, I think it's just what can you present to me that maybe gives me a challenge or gives me a chance to do something different creative who knows if it falls on its face okay i'm an actor it's a job i got paid i tried a thing yeah maybe it landed maybe it didn't who knows
0: um so let's go over who is involved with making this movie so it is directed by daniel espinonza who directed 2012 safe house with ryan reynolds and denzel oh Uh, also directed life with ryan reynolds and jake gyllenhaal yeah uh the movie is written by matt Sazima, I think, and Burke Sharpless. I love so that So this name. duo also wrote Dracula Untold, The Last Ooh. Witch Hunter, Gods of Egypt, Power Rangers, which I actually really enjoy. I remember bringing that up. Um, and they were two of the three people involved with creating Netflix's Lost in Space series. We brought that up. There was something... I don't know if there was some kind of
1: Morbius discussion. Maybe we did a Morbius trailer talk at some point. Possibly. I, I remember bringing that up because I, I remember laughing at burke sharpless before but i i think it was me i went through their resume and and mentioned those because i really dug you you got me into lost in space I've, uh, after talking about it for a couple of years so i watched it last summer which i still have to finish um, i need to i need
0: to finish that real bad yeah
1: and going through that and yeah I, I, a lot of what's on, well some of what's on there well espinoza's um resume i think is is probably better than theirs they got a lot of misses yeah. On on theirs. Gods of Gods of Egypt is. I'm sorry, God. It's, and maybe they just have the unfortunateness of like here's a script and a story and the people executing it do shit jobs. Yeah. But,
0: um. Okay. So that's their background. Um. And then stars of the movie we have Jared Leto obviously Matt Smith, uh, Adria or Jonah, Jared Harris, Tyrese Gibson, and could have been a surprise if it wasn't all over the trailers. But Michael Keaton is in this movie also. And I'm going to throw out Al Madrigal of
1: past Daily Show fame, who was a slight highlight for me in
0: this. Who is he in this movie? I don't know if I know. He's Tyrese's partner. He's the other agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he was the obvious comic relief, I think, in the movie. Like, maybe the only comic relief in the movie. Um, All right, so other stuff to look at. Uh, Josh, I'm going to ask you a question right off the bat. We'll see if we can figure this out. I'm going to close my eyes in case I need to. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Do you think this is the lowest rated Marvel property on Rotten Tomatoes? It shouldn't be. But since you're
1: asking me, I'm going to presume the answer is yes. It is not. Okay. It, It is number
0: two. Do you know what the lowest rated Marvel property on Rotten Tomatoes
1: is right now? It wouldn't surprise me now marvel like anything marvel has ever made
0: so this is not strictly mcu this is which is why i had to dig around and a like, little bit because like they've gotten tomatoes marvel through history or like since 2000 uh since 2000 is the
1: is the only stuff i kind of looked at okay so i would spoilers i'm going to say that this for me this was better than venom having not seen venom 2 but hearing things about it i i wouldn't be surprised if venom 2 is lower but i'm going to be really sad if it's something like actually good um so my 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 hope is maybe venom or venom 2 <laughs> i don't know if i have a guess for something else specific um
0: okay when i tell you the answer i think you're going to be you it's am, going am to be, gonna be sad? like yeah okay it should have it's it's not either of the venoms okay uh, Ghost Rider 2. It is something we forced ourselves to watch at some point. Oh, stick. Yes. This, okay, stick is the lowest. I
1: could see that. I could see that.
0: Yeah, so let me, I was trying to put, okay. so when I was looking through, I caught a headline somewhere that said it was the second lowest, More that Morbius is the second lowest rated Marvel movie on Rotten Tomatoes. So I started to look. Um, there's no easy way to filter those results, just Marvel movies. You can look at an MCU list, but Marvel properties like stuff that was made by Fox and uh, all the other studios before Marvel had all the rights back, you almost have to look at those individually. So oh, I picked sure. some that I, I thought would probably be bad, and I went through a list of, I got like nine of them here, and I'll I'll tell you which ones are low, and then we'll go up to some of the higher ones. Okay. So lowest rated right now is Fantastic Four from 2015, the, the Fan4stick movie that all of us really hate. Uh critic rating for that is 9%, audience rating wow. is 18%. So everybody hates it. Wow. Uh Morbius right now is sitting at a critic rating of 16%. Really. Uh okay. audience rating 70%. Both of those surprise me. That that that, <laughs> that the one is so low but the other is that high. Yeah. I mean based on what some of the some of the percentages are for Venom and stuff. this does not surprise me. Um the next one I found, just like trying to pick and choose a little bit that was lower. Uh Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance from twenty eleven. <laughs> Critic rating eighteen percent, audience rating thirty one percent. Uh so is this in a
1: literal like are you are you actually going in like an ascending? I'm trying order? to go from lowest to highest okay, okay. based on the so ones not, that I was not looking just at. Nit- yes. Not just nitpicking.
0: It is, I mean, it is a little bit of, like, I'm picking specific ones. I didn't go through every list to know, like, because there are definitely ones that fall in between a bunch of these. Oh, okay, okay. I'm trying to pick relevant ones that might fit sort of what we're talking about. Give certain landmarks. Okay, I'm with you. Um, Dark Phoenix is another low one Mm. from 2019. Critic rating 22%, audience 64%, which I think the audience rating is higher than I expected. Yeah, okay. Uh, Next one is the Fantastic Four movie from 2005. Mm -hmm. Has a critic rating of 28%, audience rating of 45%, which I think that movie is actually watchable, and I actually kind of enjoy that one for the campiness that it is. So I have not, that specifically, I don't think I've actually seen that
1: since like 2008, and I've been putting off rewatching it in the event that eventually it will hit rewind theater, <laughs> God knows what year that will happen. Right. But yeah, it's been a very, very long time since I've seen that.
0: I'm only I'm only listing the Fantastic Four movies because Stick was the worst was one. So, so I just want to yeah, yeah, yeah. see where it pins with everything else. Uh after that is Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer from two thousand seven, critic rating thirty-seven percent, audience rating fifty-one percent. Okay. So it's a little bit of a step up from the last one. Um right ahead of that one is X-Men Origins Wolverine from two thousand nine, critic rating thirty-eight percent, audience rating fifty-eight percent. Okay. Um, And then the other two movies that we're not crazy about, Venom, critic rating 30%, audience rating
1: 81%. I know it's really shitty to tell people that they shouldn't like a thing, <laughs> so I won't say that they shouldn't. I'm genuinely surprised that <laughs> many people have a favorable view of that movie. Well, this is the one
0: that will really surprise you then. Venom 2, critic rating 58%. Audience rating, 84%. Look, COVID has been hard
1: <laughs> on a lot of us. Uh, what we don't remember is that, like, for every one person who unfortunately died or was hospitalized and will have, like, lifelong debilitating effects, there was, like, 10,000 more people who contracted the virus. We're not <laughs> entirely positive. Like, this, it, we haven't had enough time for studies really to show what the uh, brain chemistry effect has been uh, from COVID on the human brain and its cells that are supposed to work for judgment, and so we're gonna we're gonna say that potentially over time uh, that's something to keep an eye on for for revisions. How about that?
0: Yeah, because Venom Two was September thirtieth, twenty twenty one. So that was it. I it, it was in the vein of like, hey, the theaters are open. Let's go see something. and And enough was out like theaters had been open enough it was before
1: omicron really started to sweep through like that was a deliberate choice for people to see
0: it and i think i I, I don't know maybe there's venom 2 is objectively so much worse than venom 1 and it still boggles my mind that it is rated that much higher than venom 1
1: wow all
0: right okay I didn't go through all the. I thought about doing like Metacritic scores for all this stuff, but I didn't want to get bogged down yeah, by all kinds of numbers and ratings thrown and everything. So that's kind of where we're at. Oh, okay. and uh, sidebar too. The uh, rewind theater we did with Venom is episode one ninety seven. Hey, there you and go. We did that in the end of August eight thirty, twenty twenty. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I think we started those pretty quickly.
1: We got through the first couple fairly quickly because we didn't have any. It was else to do. it was the
0: second one we did. Spawn was eight thirteen. 2020 and then two weeks later was oh it was Venom. okay
1: that was for some reason I thought bloodshot was a lot earlier but maybe bloodshot was like number bloodshot three was number four. three <laughs> yeah okay that's why <laughs> two weeks
0: after that was bloodshot <laughs> that's why all right all right <laughs> it's A hell of a start to that series yes. <laughs> uh, next question for you any guesses on this film's budget <sighs> okay Sony
1: Sony likes to think that more money means better product that's been their problem since spider-man 3 especially with genre-based uh ip and and source material stuff so i'm gonna throw out 195
0: so it's a lot lower than i would have thought okay uh the the one that i was reading was 75 million Okay. Possibly upwards of 85 million depending on some of the sources I was looking at. So somewhere in that range. It's under $100 million for Morbius. Okay, fair. Um, So based on opening weekend, it made 39 million domestic, 45 million international. Current worldwide total was $89 million. Mm -hmm. So it's it's coming up on its second weekend. We'll see how it does. We're recording this before the weekend, so we'll know those numbers after this comes out. But I mean, really, if this movie makes one hundred and fifty million dollars, which I feel like it could limp to, yeah, that could be labeled a success for Sony. Uh,
1: I mean, financially, sure, it's def- it definitely wouldn't be a failure, depending on how Hollywood accounting looks. You know, if something doesn't make eight times its budget, it seems like yeah, whoever's in charge thinks it's a failure. So God only knows.
0: So, for comparison's sake, Venom came out October third, twenty eighteen. Domestic opening weekend for that was eighty million. So it was twice as much as Morbius. Uh, domestic total for that movie was two hundred thirteen point five million. International total six hundred and forty two point five million dollars,
1: which thought that brought that was the worldwide total,
0: total brought the worldwide total to eight hundred and fifty six million. Oh, that's what I was thinking. The worldwide, okay, yeah, that's, um, that's why. Venom two. Again, like we talked about, September 30th, 2021, domestic opening weekend, $90 million. It opened better than Venom 1. Domestic total, pretty much right on with what Venom did, $213.5 million. The difference is the international box office, which was only $288.5 million. (laughs) And this is in the middle of the pandemic, too. So... International box office, it's hard to tell which theaters were open. I feel like China was still closed, and Japan, you know, I don't know if theaters were open over there with everything that was going on. Certain international, you know, box office and theaters were probably still closed, so that could have contributed to that. Um, It ended with a worldwide total of $502 million, which is still pretty good, all things considered. I would agree. I know the uh majority of our discussion will probably be left for spoiler stuff but uh before we get into the spoiler stuff any general thoughts for the movie that you want to get out before we hit spoilery things um Sony has a special effects problem
1: <laughs> they they don't know and who knows it could be the choice of directors it could be studio notes coming down some it just there were times where they just like piled it on to like, there were sequences that I felt that were akin to Spider-Man three. Uh, okay. Spider-Man three specific with, with Toby was of, of the story problems that surrounded that. What I distinctly remember sitting in a theater in 2007, watching that was they went so over the top with trying to make something look a certain way with special effects sequences that I remember actively thinking, this is too much. (laughs) This is like, this is just a bad execution of, of the intent, the idea, like whatever they're striving for. And it's almost like verbatim. Like there there's, we'll call them. I mean, it's not really, we know the dude's a vampire. That's not a spoiler. That's the whole thing. So like there are sequences in this movie where he is moving through the air And around scenery and in settings, you completely lose your your sense of direction. You can't distinguish. It's the venom problem in a lot of the cases, especially like that uh, the the climactic venom fight from the first movie. Yeah, things just get muddled. You're looking at color. You can't see object. You can't see detail. You don't know where your orientation is. Um. That is it. Now I will say, um. It seems like so the first like 20 minutes of this, i I actually thought where it was the most solid part of the movie,
0: okay, yeah.
1: um I listened to something today that that really put it in perspective for me, uh that was reviewing this in a way, and it feels like there was more of a second act to this, like th- I don't know, like they they removed a third of Act one. And half of act two. <laughs> and there's like. There is a better story there. And there's a better movie that exists of this. Not like a director's cut. Not that kind of thing. But there's easily a better version of this. That exists. Yeah. In in the abstract. um, But it got. It definitely got lost. And. I don't want to say cut necessarily. But just the execution of it faltered as as it goes along but it it's it
0: start i i felt it started out pretty well yeah i think well i think one of the things you like comparisons to venom i feel like they used the venom story blueprint and just put it in morbius like Some i ways. feel like you could pick a lot of the story beats from venom and they just hit the same way in this movie and i don't know if i mean i get I feel like if you liked Venom and you liked Venom 2, this movie is for you.
1: Probably. If you yeah. did
0: not like care for either of those, I think you're not going to like this one. I think it does a lot of the same stuff. I don't know if Sony just doesn't know what to do or doesn't care and they're I almost get the sense that they're is sort of the same problem they did with like the Amazing Spider-Man movies where it's I feel like they're they're focused so squarely on what's coming next, they're not fixing the movie they have. Like, I think they're trying to make this fit to whatever their ultimate plan is with with whatever they can do with the Spider Man license or any other characters they're trying to make. That they don't make a good movie, and I think that that's what Amazing Spider Man two kind of suffered from is they were so focused on Sinister Six and what comes next for Spider Man that Spider Man two was kind of a shit show a little bit. Like it could yep. have been a lot better. Yeah, I agree. Um,
1: it, it, it and it's like it, it's comparisons to Venom. The thing that I didn't. At f- at first, what I don't understand is why they keep. And I guess it's because all they have, like they they have one main and anta- uh, protagonist. They have Spider Man. Yeah. Everybody else related to him who are not other incarnations of Spider Man, Spider Gwen, for instance. Everybody else is the villain. Everyone else is his rogues gallery. That's what they bought the rights to. So. If you can't make Spider-Man movies yet, all you can do is make films about the villains. But nobody wants to see movie after movie of a villain being a villain. So I guess they're trying to take a crack shot. Like, And I, I said this probably since we ever did the first Venom review is that they failed miserably in trying to make you care or reframe Venom as an anti-hero. Yeah. Maybe he was at certain points. I, I I've you know I've never been deep into the comics with him, so I, I don't know. Maybe people started to see him as that at some point. But the version they presented on screen with Tom Hardy is not an anti-hero. so frickin' ever. Yeah. He's an anti-hero with multiple personality disorder. Like that that's all it kind of is. Um and so when they announced Morbius, I kinda had the same feeling, like why you're you're giving yourself a bigger hurdle to get over because you have to make me care but but eventually if you do what i think you're trying to do i'm supposed like then this guy every one of these characters is going to turn heel and oh, yeah. then that yeah. also has to be executed very well so on on the one hand i thinking of that i actually think they did a better job in this in making the character of Michael Morbius um, somewhat make more sense than Venom did. Like okay. he, he eventually, I guess is yes, yeah, supposed to be this, this Spider-Man villain, but he's a character who inherently could do bad with what happens to him, but ultimately has to stop something worse yeah from from happening and he which is more or less I feel like what happened in venom too right um but i uh, the, the execution of venom i i absolutely hated i, I did like just <laughs> and and not to keep harping on it but i think that the the difference of why this worked better for me with morbius is because you didn't have the duality constantly there of let's kind of make Venom our Deadpool. He's arguing with Uh, himself. It's this internal voice and other personality inhibiting him. And that is the, the whole draw. It's like a two person. It's a, it's two characters, but it's the same. It just didn't work for me at all. Yeah. With so, so in that you have Venom against him. You have, um, you have Eddie Brock versus Venom. That is the struggle, and then the external threat of the other things. Yeah. With Morbius, it's him against purely himself. Yes, this other thing that could come out, per se, but it's way different than Venom in that it's not a competing sentient consciousness. Yeah. Right? And, and so you have a bit more of, of being able to relate and humanize to just the internal struggle of keeping something under control. It's a Jekyll and Hyde kind of kind of issue there and it, it worked
0: a yeah. little bit better. Okay. Um when I saw the movie I saw it with uh Leslie uh-huh. and you know asked her what she thought after the movie and what as part of the appeal that she said was seeing a Jared Leto vampire movie she just kind of wished it was a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And I was like okay like I get that but if they wanted to make a Jared Leto vampire movie why make it like this character or a Marvel movie like aside from one mention of San Francisco in literally the last five minutes of this movie. What mm. makes this a Marvel movie? Like, this feels like a generic vampire movie with the Marvel
1: logo slapped on it. Uh, I agree. I mean, number one, Sony did not want to make a vampire movie with Jared Leto. They wanted to make Morbius starring Jared Leto. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. Like, Jared Leto was not out to make a vampire movie. Or maybe he was, and this came along. He's like, oh, that could be interesting. But yeah. that was not Sony's aim. Sony wanted to make this thing based on this Spider-Man property that they own that's one. so again it's you know? i
0: think it's just basically shopping around the marvel stuff oh, like, hell yeah. let's make a oh, marvel yeah. movie so yeah just even even that thought just makes it the movie feel dirty like yeah in that to, some, to some
1: degree and i i think you, like you kind of hit the nail on the head a second ago like other than the the last five minutes of the movie which i guess basically i don't know about you but like i guess it's basically the the stinger scenes yeah um I I think maybe I was able to enjoy this a little bit more because it it didn't seem like it was. Venom felt like it was trying more to be a, a Marvel movie than this. Okay, because it's it's freaking Venom. Like he's iconic. Yeah. Um, Morbius, basically, yeah, could could just b- basically be, you know, disease version, zombie ish explanation version of vampire. Yeah. You know, exposed to thing. It, 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 any of them bitten by radioactive spider exposed to gamma radiation incident occurs exposure to thing causes change right right and and they could do that it just so happened oh his effect he's a vampire um just yeah i don't know i, I what <laughs> what other what other specifics might or generalities might you have because we might need to crack into specifics yeah i
0: think i think we're at the point where we need to get into the spoiler stuff because even just mentioning the the stinger type stuff i'm ready to just fucking dig into that <laughs> <one>. so, <laughs> all right let's hit it uh all right so we're gonna get into the spoiler stuff uh this, this is the stuff that will probably again leave me on a few rants about this movie so if you've not seen the movie and do not want anything specific spoiled for you pause us now come back after seeing the movie if you don't care or just want to hear what we really thought of the movie uh you can continue on either way you've been warned spoilers to follow
1: spoiler Wee you know something like that
0: all right so let's get into it and i'm going to just start off with like what the fuck is going on with the end of this movie because <laughs> we're, everything we're skipping with michael well, keaton let's, let's okay let i think though
1: we need to set up why it was such a a sort of shift and and shock right so going back to at least my characterization of of the character and the movie we yeah. saw and this is why it jolted me so much. Morbius was not presented as a bad guy for the most part. Yeah, he did some horrific shit, yeah. and he's like, "I got to get this thing under control." But for the most part, he's trying to right the wrong. He's trying to yeah. stop the evil from spreading. Um, you get that 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 is the arc of his character. So, it and it, it's just in the event that you're you're you've you followed us into this part of the discussion without
0: seeing the movie. That's important to know. So this is, I I did try to summarize what is at the end of the movie. So for anyone that actually just wants to listen, I'm just going to try to summarize what happened. So Michael Keaton, who plays Adrian Toomes, who we last saw in Spider-Man homecoming and is very much in the MCU. Um, Now, when the very first trailer came out for Morbius, it showed us he was in the movie. Yes. So with the events of the MCU and certain multiverse stuff going on, it seemed pretty apparent that that would somehow factor into this, why he's showing up here, but we didn't know how or when or why. Um, so, I mean, what we actually get in the movie, I feel like such, it seems like such an afterthought compared to what we saw in the trailer. Oh, highly. But so the movie is over. So like Josh put, said, we get, we get put,
1: put a quick, quick pin in this because I, I want to, so as I was going to the movie, I sent you guys a message saying, Hey, on an impulse, I'm going to see this. And I directly said, the biggest question I have going in is where the hell does he fit in? Be- yeah. Because specifically from the trailers that were released, um, you see Morbius and you see this in the film. You see Morbius pass public art, public posters, something images of the Spider-Man that we know that says murderer yeah. with like graffitied over it. You see, uh, you hear Al Madrigal's character reference, you know, very ambiguously, very cryptically, that quote, that incident in San Francisco. They're they're in New York. So that incident in San Francisco being Venom. Yes. You have a moment in the trailers where, uh, and it's in the film, of Morbius uh, intimidating somebody by saying, I am Venom. Yeah. Confirmation. He knows who Venom is. You then have Michael Keaton, at least in the one trailer cut that I remember, seeming, the scene seems to set up that he and Morbius are in the same time and place in some kind of building alley with vehicles, probably with police, it looks like. And he, Keaton's character, says, directed at Jared Leto, hey, hey Doc, we should keep in touch, that sort of thing. Yeah. So... You have those amalgam of circumstances within the the the. If if we if if it is saying from the beginning that Morbius and Venom are in the same place, Spider Man has never been established to exist in that world. Yeah, Spider Man himself. Then number one, where the hell are these Spider Man murderer murals coming from?
0: Even before Tomb shows up so before you get too far into it too, the, the Spider-Man mirror that's on the sidewalk when he escapes prison and is like on a, on a graffiti wall, yeah. like you said, or something. I n- remember that from the trailer. Do you remember that in the movie? Because I feel like I was looking for it and didn't see it. Uh, okay. If you're asking me right now, gun to my head,
1: a hundred percent, I could not confirm. And re- like, i I'm under I the, the impression they took it. it out. So I'd, ha- oh God, I'd, I'd have, Oh God. I even hate to say it. like, I'd have to <laughs> watch it again. Um, I remember them from the trailer more than I specifically remember them from the movie, granted. Right, yeah, me too. So, maybe. And maybe, specifically because for what they ended up doing, that was an edit. Maybe they took that out of the final product. So then, yes. So then you now establish, even in the trailers, that Michael Keaton's vulture, Adrian Toomes, exists in the same time and place as Morbius. You're like, how the hell do we get there? Yeah. Going in those were already things they presented to us and that circle needed to be squared. So that's
0: where we go in. So, okay. Unpinning sidebar over (laughs) continue. What do we see? So, yeah. So at this point, the movie is over and then we see a hole in the sky, just like in no way, just like ripping reality in no way home. Adrian Tombs just appears in a prison cell complete, seems to be completely fine that he's somewhere else really adjusts very quickly. Um, there's some sort of news report about an upcoming upcoming trial for him because he's suddenly reappeared, and as he's in prison, they don't know what to do with him. Because this universe thing does we not know see, who this person is. Yeah. The next thing we see is Morbius driving down a, a dirt road somewhere, goes to a field, he's out there to meet someone, who does he meet? Uh, we see Vulture in a new fucking Vulture suit, which, one, doesn't make any sense because all the tech is from the MCU, so where the fuck does he get that suit from? Um, <laughs> then when he talks to Morbius, he says he has no idea how he got here. It must have has something to do with Spider-Man, which is completely new to Morbius, who has never met or heard of Spider-Man before. I do not know what that is,
1: and why, right, why, why would Tombs even give a shit that it had yeah, to
0: do just, with him at all? Real quick to blame Spider Man for whatever fucking reason, and then he says to the Vulture, and then the Vulture says that people like them talking to Morbius should quote unquote team up and do some good. So I don't know if this is villain talk for bad stuff or if they're actually trying to be heroes in this world. Because like you said, Morbius was actually trying to do good the last time we saw him. He's trying to atone for what he did. He's trying not to kill anybody, all that stuff. And then Morbius ends it with by saying intriguing, and then we fade to black. Now there's a lot to digest here. Yes. My biggest question is. And, and this goes back to his Adrian Toomes' arc from Homecoming. Mm-hmm. So why is he not worried at all about getting back to his wife and daughter? For right. the entire fucking arc of his character in that movie. Right. Because at,
1: presumably, I'm going to take a shot. Well, no. Yeah, we we do know. The uh, the timeline of when he went to jail in Homecoming is, ha, has, and, and to the point where the, the, rift in reality occurs to transport him is is post blip and post return yeah so at minimum like 6 to 7 years probably has passed yeah. since the end of homecoming like he's been in jail so that whole time like well yeah whatever has happened gives no indication that he's even freaked out that he has transported parallel universes he like, says something about the food being better.
0: That's all he's we not get.
1: A, he's not really a science guy. Like, yes, they saw aliens in New York, and he knows, like, holes opened in space. Like, he knows that. Yeah. But I'd still be a little freaked out. You would think. Um. And, and then, yes, like, doesn't seem to give a shit that I, I guess my wife and daughter are perhaps gone forever. So his ambition or his motivation is not, how do I maybe get back to where I came from, where my life is? Right. No let me His, seek out this guy.
0: Maybe that I've heard about on the news recently. He and, beelines it to Morbius who is in the papers as a convicted murderer. Yeah. And decides that's the guy I need to help me kill Spider-Man possibly not get back home. If, if that's what he meant. Yeah. And I don't,
1: I don't agree. I, I I'm with you. I'm not sure now that you're saying it, I'm not sure if it's like, right. The villain talk of like, let's do some good. I E bad stuff. Right. If so, why like it. see it seems like he got out to me it seems like he got out of homecoming knowing that most of the reason that he was doing what he did was because of the way that the supposed heroes were uncaringly in his eyes dicking over the average person right in his, his by, eyes he is robin hood In a way, yeah. Uh, But he's not really giving it back. He's more like, yeah, he's kind of keeping it for himself. But... (laughs) A selfish Robin Hood. (laughs) In a a way, right. And part of me feels that a bit of his redemptive... A little bit of redemptive arc in the stinger of that scene of like meeting the Scorpion is like, I'm not giving up Spider-Man. I owe him one. Right. I don't know what... I'm supposed to believe his character gives a crap about in this other place. Yeah. Is he just going to go do some criming? Is he, is he still on the criming? I, I don't understand it. And and if, if the conclusion is, Nope, we're the bad guys. Let's get us together. Cause we're the bad guys. Sinister six. Here we go. That's where it's going. And we're going to get that Spider-Man eventually. Then the whole arc. And it's probably where you, fell with it too the whole arc of morbius's entire movie that we just watched for 90 minutes is completely eradicated yes yes that for no reason he seemingly turns on a dime yeah
0: you're interpreting bad good oh bad stuff yeah we're gonna do bad stuff why neither way really makes sense to me because even if if the vulture's saying hey let's go be bad guys and and rob and pillage and whatever else and morbius signs up for that why the fuck would he do that if it goes the other way (laughs) And they want to be heroes for the city. When did the vulture kind of turn heel and be like, okay, well, now I'm going to look out for people in this universe that I don't know where I'm at and mm-hmm. have no one to even, like, you know, you know, meet or know or anything like that. You know, the first one I meet, again, is a in the papers is a murderer. So why right. the fuck would I trust this person? But, yeah, it, 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 it irritates this... the shit out of me that he is completely <laughs> fine with just sitting where he is and not being like, well, how did I f- get here? How am I getting home? where are my wife and daughter like that's that's a big sticking point for my for his character for me and and i i'm thinking
1: that the the mcu is the only thing that gains an advantage at all from the whole venom goes into the mcu for 20 seconds does nothing and gets blipped right back at the end of spider-man no way home yeah for for just that little nugget of I guess, symbiote left behind. The MCU benefits from that. The Sony universe doesn't. Right. So, however, you know, whatever story writers came to an agreement on that, um, again, not having seen Car- uh, Carnage, I know the, the end scene uh, of, of the rift in reality, he gets blipped into the MCU, does nothing during Home, uh, No Way Home, and then just goes right back. Yeah. So now you have Venom, the Vulture, and Morbius in one place. Presumably where some Spider-Man will eventually
0: exist, but it's not Tom Holland. So that's the bigger question, because the, in my mind, what they are setting up here is sort of, I think, what you're getting at is they are seems to be Sony's really forcing the Sinister Six attempt. Like, they possibly have three of the six with who we've seen. Right. So... Who do they fight? Is it going to be Spider-Man or because is it going to be Tom Holland? We don't know what's going to happen to Tom Holland, Spider-Man when all is said and done. What, where, where, or when he's going to show up next? Who knows? Could this be Andrew Garfield? He's not native. No Spider-Man is native to
1: that reality. So that's something I'm going to bring up later when we get to the None of them have a Spider-Man. Nobody talks about it. So the only thing, and I'll jump off a ledge here if they wanted to be ballsy and yes, maybe skip some interim origin steps or whatnot. If you're Sony, you put all your money on Miles Morales.
0: This is how you put Miles Morales into live action. Yeah. So it sort of, it sort of fits with what we're talking about. At least one of the parts that I want to bring up. So I'm going to go okay. through an interview that uh, the director, Daniel Espinosa, Espinosa did with Uprox. Um I'm going to go over, a couple questions in his responses. I don't want to take them out of context. I'm going to read you the whole thing. Um, there's a couple things we're going to dig into. One of the, the his quotes is sort of jumping off of what Josh said with Spider-Man and stuff. So I want to get into that. So the interviewer asks, In Morbius, Michael Keaton is in the trailers, but then in the movie he doesn't show up until the post-credit. Uh, it does seem like some things were reworked. I'm wondering, after Spider-Man No Way Home, did you have to change Michael Keaton's role in this to match up with the events of that movie? Is that what happened? So the director says, it was more that when Spider-Man came out, they said, we know how this works. We have a visual concept of how to make this. But the idea of having different timelines was something that was for me introduced within the movie universe with into the Spider-Verse. When we were talking about making the movie, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse had just come out and it was a huge success. I told the guys, I said, this is super common among comic book readers. Interviewer comes back to it. Well, there are scenes of Michael Keaton in the trailer that aren't in the movie. So that's why I was wondering if there were some things that had been reworked to match with No Way Home. And he goes, yeah, exactly. The first thing that happened was that we had Michael Keaton because we were planning on doing this. But then when Spider-Man No Way Home came out, it said, this is how the visual effects are. And then the idea of having him just encountering him in that universe seemed too complicated, and we put it at the end. Interviewer tries again. Okay, so we did have some cuts that make some things Wait, so we did have to cut some things to make it match with No Way Home. Is that accurate? He says, yes, because we have to match. I didn't know how the transportation would look like that. And then he goes, oh, like the crack in the sky thing. He said, yeah, exactly. That wasn't done. That didn't exist. So there were all these small things that had to be addressed. I want to come back to this specific quote later. But I think the concept of having different timelines were, I believe, came from Sony, not Kevin Feige. Okay. He goes on to say it was Sony that in- initiated that idea. I think that Miles Morales that you could have in Spider-Verse, I would bet your life that you would have Miles Morales from the Spider-Verse in the Marvel Cinematic Universe at some point. Interviewer says, the thing I wasn't clear on in the post credit scene is when the Vulture says, I think this is a sp- this is Spider-Man's fault. We should team up and fight him. How does Morbius know who Spider-Man is? Also, the movie establishes that Morbius is a good man who got too ambitious and created the serum <laughs> And some bad things happen to him, but in his heart, he's not a bad person. Why would Morbius be interested in teaming up with this criminal? Director says, first of all, Vulture is not a criminal in that universe just yet. Interviewer goes, well, that's fair, but would why would Morbius be interested in what Vulture has to say in the first place? Director says, exactly. I think it's, it's a meeting of those. And this is where your comparison comes in. Because okay. in this world, Spider-Man exists. In all the different Marvel timelines, you have a Spider-Man. It's a totem. In the Marvel Universe, what you say is that you have a Spider-Man in each universe for it to function. He's one of the fundamental beings now, and that's how it is in the comic books. Interviewer asks, okay, sure, but there's nothing in the movie that establishes that Morbius has any beef with Spider-Man whatsoever. Director goes, oh, exactly. I think that's more of those scenes that are made that when you have the scenes before in that movie comes along that will explain it will explain that reposition. So that was the stuff I wanted to highlight. The the one thing going across what you were saying that Spider-Man doesn't exist. According to the director, the Spider-Man does exist. What I don't know is if he's hearing that from Sony or is this him just what he thinks this universe is. This is the director's quote. So I don't know if okay. he's hearing it from Sony saying that they're telling him Spider-Man exists, or if this is just like, okay, I'm going to make this with Morbius. In my world, Spider-Man is somewhere in there. You just don't see him. Okay,
1: so your interpretation of those comments is that, um, so it's it's almost like he was given marching orders. Like, here, here's the framework of the movie I'm making, but... Some of these other elements might exist and we need to try to shoehorn certain details to fit that, but we're not necessarily giving you the assurances or the direct answers or, and I, I get it. It could be one of those things where he was told absolute direct things, but is not in a position to be allowed to share them.
0: Right. And it, it his last quote seems to me think that, okay, the the end credit scene we saw does not make any fucking sense, but... Sony's going to make a movie where this will make sense when you go back and watch it after the other movie's made. Okay. Which I guess makes sense for, you know, other stingers that Marvel has uh, done, but... Um, I, I don't know. It's This one just feels different still. Maybe once or twice in small,
1: mostly insignificant details, uh, has... I feel that Marvel... Like, Marvel does not really use... Especially, like it stingers to retcon their own plot holes, oh yeah, yes, I agree that. or or fix story beats that they realize, yeah, we actually do need to change direction, um, and we didn't account for that anywhere else, so now we're gonna include this that doesn't really that's not that's that's not how they
0: utilize that tool, yeah. Well, I think too. the The bigger question is if if the director is saying yes, yeah, Spider Man exists in this world. Of course, he exists in this world. Spider Man has to exist in this world. If that is true, why the fuck is Venom and Morbius never mentioned Spider Man ever? Why is Venom completely surprised to see a Spider Man on TV when he zips into the MCU for a little bit and then comes right back? How is he not yeah, like, like oh like, that guy? No, I know who that no, guy is. Yeah, not even a not even a passing familiarity.
1: Yeah not not nothing in terms of like whether they have interaction or beef, you know it just nothing is there, and it would make it would have made much more sense, much more sense perhaps, for their universe's spider man if that's what they're gonna do to organically come around at a time when he's needed because these you know criminal elements are starting to become more pervasive, yeah. Now you've all also created. Uh, well, I'm gonna actually. I'm not sure if this is
0: true or not. Is Venom part of the Sinister Six? I don't believe he was ever part of the team. Okay, Ven- so you know, he's... Venom. Venom definitely went through like I think the anti-hero part where he was a Spider-Man villain. I don't remember him yeah. being in part of any team. Oh well, he might have been uh, s- some other teams, but not the Sinister Six. I'm thinking like Thunderbolts okay. and and maybe Dark Avengers oh, right. and stuff like that, but not Sinister yeah. Six. Okay, so.
1: Maybe the big misstep is having Vulture utter Spider-Man's name already.
0: Yeah, I'd say.
1: Yeah. Cause immediately you're because like, Because he the- either that- already exists there, but 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 nobody else but Vulture apparently has any understanding or familiarity with what that thing is yet, because he came from somewhere where he does exist. He either he either doesn't exist yet. Which would be a great way to, you know, start fresh with a new different thing. You could have, you know, depend on where they want to go, they could give you Miles Morales or they could give you Spider-Gwen. They could give you those alternate reality Spider-Man in a way that would actually be really cutting edge and and very different. Or he already exists there and exactly to your point, in which case, how? Yeah. How could he possibly exist with none of these story elements
0: so I just Even got an idea for like it being familiar with at all my version of what the stinger would be. And I feel okay. like you could, you could take it either way, whether they end up using Spider-Man or not. I think there's room to wiggle there is that when Vulture name drops Spider-Man, literally the last thing you see is Morbius saying who's Spider-Man. And then you cut to black. Yeah. So that it establishes. That he has it. no idea who he is, but he could exist and he's going to learn about him the next time. Yeah, Maybe. Like, that's that's your best case scenario. That I think that would work so much better thing. than just him signing up and be like, yeah, okay, I'm with you. I don't well, know what you're doing, but I'm with you.
1: Yeah, it still presents the problem of they're both in New York.
0: True. Morbius
1: and Spider-Man would both be in New York, so how the hell could he
0: not know who he is? You could, I mean, you could, if you wanted to, and maybe this is what they could do, if you want to just throw Spider-Man in there, just say he's in some other city. Just don't make it New York. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out from the interview, too, was the quote that uh, where uh, Espinoza says, but I think the concept of having different timelines were, I believe, came from Sony, not Kevin Feige. So I don't know if he's talking about like being able to take MCU characters and put them in Morbius, or if he's talking mm-hmm. generally like No Way Home, like the, the multiverse idea was Sony's for No Way Home and not Kevin Feige's. I don't know specifically what movie he's talking about
1: Oh I I'm under the impression that and I could be wrong about this but I'm under the impression that the people selected to make movies, the producers, the directors, the writers that that mostly even if they're paid by Sony um is is a Kevin Feige decision. So therefore the main ideas Are stemming from there i I don't have based on what sony has done on their own yeah with these properties for 20 years it would be really hard to convince me that they are clever enough to come up with any of that on their own with
0: the people they would select see i could see this being a complete business decision right so sony knows they can't get into the mcu the mcu is its own universe it's locked in that's marvel's thing well, how do we get in a piece of that pie or how do we break into that multiverse, right? We right, exist together, sense. side by side, and if we can somehow get our universe into their universe, suddenly we, we're part of them and they're part of us and we can we can or, play or off at least, of that. Yeah, the very the very idea that they, they could
1: parallel exist would be a way to go. And that and, and that that basic idea, that's that's fine. Okay, I, I I'm there. Either way, it serves. It's a great it's a great story framework, and it serves the need that they have. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm curious if they if they play with this idea more in whatever other movies they're like. You know, we keep talking about, like you said, Madam Web. I kind of forgot about that movie. There's that one. Craven the Hunter's coming. Like again, all of these movies have to do with Spider Man. So I don't know mm-hmm. if they're we're gonna see something with Spider Man or if they're just gonna continue down this route of. Taking an obscure character from Spider Man and just giving it a movie without Spider Man and just saying it's fine, just yeah. you know, don't talk about the elephant that's not in the room, and uh, <laughs> we're gonna go about our business. Um, well, is there anything think- else we we want to dig into for the for the end credit stuff? Because I I feel like I've I've no, that I've I've ranted said my, about enough, but Yeah, I've said I've said my
1: piece. We should actually probably we've kind of tarantino Tarantinoed this. We've started at the end. We should probably
0: talk about the rest of the actual movie. That's that's where I'm going next. Just yeah. <laughs> what else do you think about the rest of the movie? Anything else you want to go or where you want to go?
1: So I, I, again my, my initial comments about it feeling like there's a substantially better version of this that's meatier. I I, I feel like it's there because all the like I feel like the building blocks are there i I I, I kind of dug Jared Leto's like i I, I, th- I thought his transformation happened way faster than I was anticipating it to I, I would have liked to spend more time with him before it both before it happens and then before he also you know needs to go deal with problem X yeah um I feel like act two there you know there was just more that needed I needed more time with Matt Smith. Oh yeah. With 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 Milo or or Lucian. Um his like he I don't at the very least, can I understand, like, okay, yeah, this poor kid who's had this condition, obviously people were a shit to him all through his childhood. They're giving us that through, you know, one conveyance of a scene, okay. But his turn you you gotta really just take for granted and run with it that Okay, that's his background. He's been given something that makes his life easier. Now he's on a power trip, and he's immediately going to go from zero to one hundred. Yeah, that could have been walked more slowly. Um, because I was actually really digging Matt Smith time. I I was into that. Um, I I I thought Jared Harris would be more involved. Um, I feel like there's scenes with him in the trailer that are not in the movie. Oh, there's a lot of scenes where there's like moments uh from from the trailer that definitely went away. Yeah. Um it like I said, it, it feels like it was how did the thing I I listened to describe it today? It's like it's like this was like maybe the first or second draft of the story. And then there's like they needed three more drafts and not as heavy editing. Like heavy okay. story editing. Yeah. Then then you get the movie it should have been. Cuz all the little building blocks are there. They're just not put together correctly and very well
0: yeah i don't know i think the whole thing just felt very generic and like bland to me like nothing it, it felt like it hit every story beat i was expecting it to and didn't go yeah. anywhere surprising
1: uh granted yeah and i would say like it, if you knew this was based on a comic book this was a run-of-the-mill comic book movie from the first 10 years of the 2000s
0: yeah and that's where it i fits, feel like venom falls in line too just yeah it right fits in that, that mold that and stuff. it doesn't
1: do any better it never evolved to where some of the DC
0: stuff and just about all the MCU stuff went to and I feel like this movie the third act of this movie ends up exactly where Venom and even Venom 2 did which is just another Spider-Man villain fighting the you know as, as the quote-unquote hero fighting another version of themselves in a dark mostly CG fight scene that's so messy you can't figure out what the fuck is happening that Oh my god!
1: I was about halfway so when 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 morbius start like at first, maybe the first two sequences of him you get where he's moving around quickly and he's jumping buildings he's doing stuff, I really actually kind of dug the uh the the i don't know what do you want to call it like the entrail uh trail the trail smoke, whatever you want to call it yeah, yeah I liked it as an idea. But, my comment about it about them just not knowing where the line is with their special effects their their orientation to the things you're supposed to keep in focus to this to the background and their surroundings were poorly executed, and that smoke trail obscured him so much because he's moving fast. The backgrounds yeah. are blurred and moving too fast with him. You literally, like, you cannot see what you're looking at. Yeah. yeah said, it it, the, it the, the ideas were all there.
0: It just... it just, It's like they got the second base and stopped running. <laughs> um. So there's another point of contention, I think, leaving the movie that uh, Leslie and I had a discussion on. So I want your interpretation okay. of this scene. So there's the scene where at the end of the movie uh Morbius goes to try to stop Matt Smith. Matt Smith has Morbius's girlfriend uh Martine, I think her name was, right? Right, yeah. The other uh, yeah. Part yeah, of, he yeah. she was like hostage uh on on her basically dying. Um and then he they go through the whole thing, end of the fight. Um like some some of some of her last words. So so Morbius gets there, tries to save her. She's not she's on her way out, she's going to die. Um she I think they they kiss and then she like bites his lip some of his blood comes to her mouth. Right. And then I think her last words to her are or to him are make it worth it. Then she dies. I can help you. Yeah. Um now I took that to mean uh like make my death worth it. Feed on me, use the yes. blood. Kicks this guy's ass. She's I agree. accepted that she's going to die and that's the end of it. I agree. And then later in the in the movie right before the end of it, we see one quick shot of her like waking back up which I think you're led to believe maybe she's a vampire now. That's, yes. So on the flip side, Leslie was uh, convinced that the make it worth it comment was that Martine knew she was going to turn into a vampire, and she used that as leverage to prevent Morbius from taking the vial he made as the cure that would have killed him, so that he purposely made herself a vampire, or that she purposely made herself a vampire so he could find an actual cure for both of them.
1: Hmm okay she was being more generous than me yeah I didn't that's, that's I thought a that better, was that's too a better much. movie than I watched
0: yeah it, it, to, to me uh, I, I took it at face value where she's gonna die drink me use the blood kill this guy and she's yeah. out like the, the whole turning into a vampire was an accident
1: That that's how I took it um, I'm glad that she is more of an optimist than me and, and was <laughs> kinder that's, that's a mark that she's probably um, a, a nicer person than I am <laughs> Um, right, both of us. So, and let's back up half a click right before that because you have both of the main characters, support uh characters, literally go through their hey, I'm finding you after he attacked me and I'm about to die moments, literally back to back. Oh, yeah. He finds Jared Harris. He dies. He goes out on the balcony. Uses his weird sonar thing, which at times I was like, okay, this works. Other times I'm like, there's no reason that you've explained to me why he can hear everything, but also immediately cut through and find exactly what he wants. Yeah, he honed his abilities very quickly. Very freaking fast. Um, give me two, give me 90, not an even, give me 30 seconds of dialogue in some kind of thing that explains why he can do that. If you're not going
0: to give us a really awesome montage somewhere in there, give us the exposition at least to explain what the hell's going on.
1: I need a little bit, right? Um, He finds Jared Harris. He goes out on the balcony. He's like, Oh, I'm going to kill that MFRO. I'm going (laughs) to go find him. He, he hears her. He finds her because he went from killing Jared Harris, right? To killing her. So he then finds her. She's dying. Like it was, Back to back. Yeah. So, yes, I took it as she bites his lip to try to to draw blood. I guess it, even in the fact that it's his own blood, the fact that he's smelling blood will help entice him to do what she wants him to do that she right. knows he's trying to resist against. Um. And, yes, potentially knowing I'm on my way out anyway, I guess. Because when he showed up, I didn't really get that sense. Like, has he injured her? He's been had a vision of her being held hostage. He shows up, and I'm only told through context clues that he has injured her, Matt Smith has injured her, and she will be dying. Um, So, yes, to entice him to do that, yes, I'm going out, make it worth it, use what you can to get what you need to stop the guy. I don't know where... There's... I don't... Maybe in biting his lip... There's a drop or two of his blood that she ingests. That's the only thing I can think. Nobody else did any of them attack. And presumably he drained her enough in the same way that he did everybody else. Nobody else came back to life. Nobody was turned. Typical vampire thing didn't happen. So there's got to be something about the interaction between those two biochemically.
0: See, I thought, I guess I was interpreting it, to happen. interpreting it more of sort of like the, the, the Buffy ritualistic how to turn someone into a vampire. Like, from what I remember from Buffy, it was like... It's more in the intent of the vampire? Well, it was like the, the vampire like the would... circumstances? The vampire would bite a victim, not drain them completely, drain them partially, halfway uh-huh. maybe, and then right. they would have to bite the vampire. So you're trading blood between the two of them, which essentially okay. is what happens in this movie.
1: To, to, right, so at the very least, there's the potentially small exchange of blood from him to her before. I wouldn't think he, that would be enough to do it, but hey, you know that totally movie goes rules for them, so, sure. Um, I guess it wasn't a hundred percent surprising that she flips back. That actually
0: makes it maybe a little bit more interesting for something to carry on. But I also feel like if if the intent was, hey, I'm gonna turn into a vampire like you, so you have to cure us both. He never comes back for her. <laughs> <laughs> that which means that right and that's what tells me that there was no there was no reason that Well, okay, I was about like to say Like you never say, even see him like go back there to try to even just take care of the body right. and possibly bury her and be like, "Oh shit, and she's they, gone." They know what vampires are. He even makes the joke in the diner
1: about being exposed to light. Yeah. So they know what a vampire is. So which was yeah, a good I moment. I like that moment. True. I don't think there's anything about what happened there that was part of a plan, other than I'm gonna die, get strength to stop the guy. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you're on board with that. Me. Was Leslie, me. You're that wrong. was
0: me. You're voted. You're outvoted. We we have told you the right answer. Um, oh. No. <laughs> she'll never <laughs> listen. If are, those, she does, those, she's gonna hear this and laugh. Those are Brian's words. <laughs> um, Matt Smith villain. I know you talked about it, but what do you think of uh, his turn as the villain?
1: Not too bad he was he was pretty interesting once he be, you know became a shithead <laughs> um, everybody likes I playing
0: d- bad right so it seems worked. like he's having fun
1: yeah um i i said i just i needed more of the time with him as a regular person to really fully buy his his turn like yeah drunk with power happened immediately and not only drug with power but like got ability and now i am a completely three thousand percent homicidal killer don't care yeah like all that went instantly there was there was no turn there was no there was it it just went once he was there and because that was the majority of his character like he was weak for a scene Then basically like a scene and a half later after we meet him as an adult, he, uh, you know, I guess he stole serum that we never saw. So that was a big thing for me because I, I assumed that is what like that.
0: I I knew that's what they weren't showing us before it happened. However, and I made a point to look for this. So Morbius makes the two vials, right. Of the, the serum that were making him turn into a vampire. He put them on the counter Mm-hmm. Matt Smith's character shows up to help him when he's having one of his breakdowns. He leaves. Next time we see him, he's all vampiry. In between those two scenes, there's uh, another
1: shot of both vials still there.
0: Yes, correct. He never takes one, so that's to me so such a plot because yeah. that's why I was like, okay, he can't. I was I was waiting for that to be the signal that one of the vials was missing, and then you, if you're paying attention, you can go, oh, okay, he's gonna turn, and mm-hmm. then later you just see him as the as the vampire villain guy. And I'm like, wait, that doesn't make any fucking sense because nothing left the counter. Yep. So, okay, you caught that too, because I made it a point to look for that. I thought that's what the movie was trying to tell me, that it couldn't, like, the movie was so obviously setting him up to be the villain when the two vials were still on the counter. I said, oh, okay, they might actually do something different and it's not going to be him. Mm -hmm. But no, they they still did it somehow. They just don't tell you how. Yes. (laughs) Okay. All right. So we're on the same page there too. We are definitely on the same page with that. Um... I, I thought he did a good job. I Some of the uh, villainy stuff, like, again, I just think people have fun playing the bad guy, which it seemed like he was just having fun. It was, on a character standpoint, I think, like you said, maybe too over the top, too quickly. But, hey, it was kind of fun to watch. Yeah. Um, his dancing with himself, getting getting dressed the one time, I thought was probably one of his better scenes.
1: <laughs> oh, speaking of that specifically, so we're watching it, and I, I turned to Sarah, and I said... And you probably don't have a reference for this, but for anyone that does, I got really big American Psycho vibes from that. Okay, uh, if you're familiar with it, it's a movie from like 2000, I think, with Christian Bale, and he plays. it's funny, Jared Leto is in that. Um, <laughs> he plays a I don't know at the minimum sociopath at the at maximum like definitely like homicidal killer. But a big part of it is also you're kind of questioning by the end, like, is everything that he, like, he's the biggest narcissist in the world. But by the end, you actually have to question yourself as to whether everything you just watched was in his own head. Yeah. And you're actually not sure. But the, like, very specifically, the, um, the nice clothing, the, the self absorption combined with a complete, like obvious amoral um just just being intent, like everything about whatever he's about to do, the notion of right and wrong morals, ethics, like it doesn't exist anymore, yeah, and literally that sequence of him like getting ready in his fancy fancy suit clothes and whatnot absolutely reminded me of of it, it, the idea of uh certain parts of American psycho,
0: yeah, okay, um. One thing that did bug me about Matt Smith's well, not it's not his fault. I think it, the the CG for his vampirism stuff reminded me so much of just crappy Buffy makeup, like it okay. he looked like a vampire out of Buffy, which I feel like I expected better for a movie. I think the difference being
1: that Buffy never, like Buffy, wouldn't have had the budget or the te- the tech at the time. Like, I feel like, you know, when when Michael turns, like, the,
0: the vampire face for him is an actual transformation.
1: Yeah, with, with Matt Smith, they did a lot more of, I'm not always show, he was more comfortable digressing his face into more of the bat look casually, whereas when Michael lost control, he always went full kilter. And so you had, like, the whole – especially, like, the mouth, the elongated mouth, the big teeth, the whole thing. I think Matt Smith, they were showing, um, was more subtly giving into it as a normal part of himself. So you got more of just the basic bat face structure. And the the difference I was going to say is, like, they obviously did all that by CGI, whereas something like Buffy would have had to do it by, like, practical prosthetics. Right, right. but the general anatomy, the look of the
0: Yeah, I think just the, like the shape of the face, the way they did the in, in, however he looks much. when he's a vampire, just reminded me so much of what they look like on Buffy. Very much, yeah. Um I don't know if we have to talk about every character, but are there any other characters you want to bring up? I know we didn't really talk about Martine, how she did and everything like that. The the uh, love interest. Yeah.
1: I, I I like her as an actress. She was she was again one of like the small little like ooh, like bonus points like going into this like alright I dig her Um, I don't think she did terribly Um, I like some of the stuff that they gave her to do like she obviously had to be the counterpoint to both her I'm sorry to both Morbius and to uh, to Milo Um, I I feel she did pretty well I feel like she actually had some stuff to do Uh, the people that I don't think and unfortunately, like, again, maybe this was like, like I, like a production, uh, script got cut down. Like Tyrese had basically nothing to do in this movie.
0: Yeah. He has lines that are in the trailer that aren't in the movie. And, and because
1: Al Madrigal gets those little, like subtle, ironic, like one liners that I think cut through whatever else is happening. Like he stood out to me more than,
0: than Tyrese did. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think the the I can't remember her name, but the actress that played Martine, I think she did she did good enough with what she was given. I just don't think she was given great stuff. Fair, I think she was given average enough. Like she, she, she she's one it, of the brighter spots of the movie. I will give you that. Yes.
1: Yeah, I I think like we we often say people were not given much to do. I think she was given enough to do, just not as grandly. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah, as you know. Um, Um, you'll never watch it. I know that, but if anybody wants to watch one of my favorite movies that she's in, check out the Belco experiment.
0: Oh (laughs) yeah. I probably will not watch that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: She was also in, uh, I think she was in six underground with
0: Ryan Reynolds. I think I, I started that, but I did not finish that. I think she was in that. Um, trying to think about, yeah, Tyrese didn't really get anything to do. He was wasted, um, the The other sidekick detective I liked him I thought he, he brought some good comedic relief I think to the movie mm-hmm. I, like I said I feel like he's the only person that had any type of really funny stuff going on to break well, it up yeah
1: and it didn't necessarily need anyone else to be funny per se but it, you know, they, they gave him the moments that at least recognize the uh, absurdity yeah of the quote real world circumstances that he's involved in.
0: Yeah. Um, nobody else really stuck out to me. I mean, Jared Leto, I think did like, he was, I think trying his damnedest. There were, there were times when I just, I don't know. I didn't really care what was going on. And I don't know if it's a Mm -hmm. fault of him or just the movie in general. Um, I think there were a few scenes where he actually, actually, I felt like, okay, now we're acting like the, the, the scene after his first transformation, when he kind of snaps out of it and sees all the dead bodies, and then watch the security feed, the security video of what he just did, yeah, and then immediately like gets torn up, throws up, and then like has to digest what just happened. That to me was a standout performance for him in this movie. That's the scene that I will point to and say, okay, that I get. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I'm 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 with the character there.
1: Yeah, I I did like the whole like once once he gets back and he's like running the trials on himself you know that 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 whole sequence of checking the stopwatch he's in the lab he's locking himself in rooms like that whole section i'm 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 good with
0: yeah i think yeah that was part of the better stuff too but yeah i think but, everything but, else but, i'm just kind but to like, your eh. point
1: i think the major story beats everything was telegraphed it was yes. very general like I, I audiences have read enough books audiences have seen enough movies at at this point, there was nothing shocking, surprising. There were no left turns. It, it just it, you ex- everything that happened, you expected to happen.
0: Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think where else we want to go. Anything else? Uh, well, anything anything good, like whether it's actor scene moments, anything that uh, I know we've been kind of crapping on for a while. But anything that stuck out bit, to you would enjoy. Yeah, well,
1: uh, yeah, we.
0: I mean it. Uh, there's, uh, I hate to say, it. I,
1: I feel there's a lot to crap on, but I also feel that we have tried to find the highlights where we could. Um, n- Unfortunately, nothing else. I mean, this didn't, nothing about the score stuck with me. This definitely wasn't a movie that they tried to, like, you know, utilize, you know, a good pop song somewhere along the way to anchor your memory to the scene or anything. Like, I Yeah. There wasn't really much else that stuck with me.
0: The only thing, uh, I, I was again. Leslie told me to bring this up because it was a point that she wanted to make. Uh, mm-hmm. Which fine w- looked fine, but the uh, I don't know if we, uh, we'll see if you get this reference. The the, the bat Hadoken that uh Morbius pulls in the in the final fight. No. Like you know Street Fighter, how Ryu does the. Oh, okay. So he like gets the bats around him, and then he literally like kind of, almost like an oh, anime I move, like gathers mean. them up and then like throws them. I see. Yeah. Okay. It was the stupidest fucking thing in the world, but, <laughs> you know, it. just the fact that I think you can call it a bad Hadouken, she's very excited about that. So <laughs> there you go, Leslie. It's in the episode. I've done my diligence. Um, I don't know. I I don't know if there's really anything else to, to say. I, I We could wrap up with a rating. I have a couple other qu- ancillary questions, but. Um, if, if you think we can rip through them, go ahead. Uh, so I guess just like based on reviews and possibly disappointing box office, do you think this will have any effect on Sony's future Spider-Man universe plans? Or will they finally get to their own Sinister Six movie, which I feel like they're pushing towards or they're they're gonna keep going. You no know, we've it's been five or six years. Every
1: time we talk about this, <laughs> we're like they'll hit a pothole and they'll just have to do XY it's not gonna happen.
0: It would have been different, the... I think, if, if Venom tanked. If the first ma- movie out maybe. of the gate tanked, then it yeah. would have been a sign. But I think but the that freight embol- train is and, rolling. And
1: from I, everything I'm learning about Craven is second and third hand. But everybody that talks about that character, it talks about it in this very glowing way and says like, if you can do this right, this would actually be really, really cool. If that's, already in the works like i've heard nothing about director announcements
0: casting release dates nothing I it's all like very a director might be attached i know aaron taylor johnson is cast as craven the hunter
1: okay you are right that i did i did forget that that's right um maybe that could somehow say it i i don't know i i every time we say that it's gonna have some kind of side effect it doesn't and it's not. Yeah, I, I,
0: yeah, I don't think it's it's gonna it's not gonna slow them down. Like I said, I think this freight chain's going. They they have a plan. They're gonna do it regardless. Because the the difference here is not like when Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man movies were coming out and they did two of them and then realized, hey, the box office returns are not coming back. They didn't have Marvel movies in the MCU to keep them afloat with that stuff. Like Marvel's gonna keep making movies. They're gonna keep people interested in Marvel properties. That's basically, I think it's a lot of what Sony has to do is just say, hey, this is another ancillary Spider-Man villain and it's a Marvel property, so we're going to make a movie and it's still going to get people to see it. Because I don't think people know the difference between what's in the MCU and what's not, so it's going to get money by accident, I think, at this point, too. Whether it's good or bad. Possibly. I don't know.
1: We brought that point up before, but there are enough people that I've talked to who are surprisingly, who surprise me when they say like, yeah, there's like six or seven MCU movies I never watched, like just along the way. Yeah. But like they've typically, you know, seen maybe the most recent one or two, you know, mm-hmm. and they're really like maybe not watching the Disney Plus shows. So I, I, I don't think it's necessarily a matter of the general public is just swallowing every single possible thing Fair. that is yeah. given out there. And so they're just blindly going to see it. It
0: can't be that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I I hope something is good. I mean, if they do work their way up to a Sensor 6 movie and finally put Spider-Man in it, that's going to get me to see it for sure. But we'll have to, I guess, see what they, if they have a plan for Spider-Man. I'm I'm curious what Sony does. I'm going to shit on every movie they do, probably, and, and turn my nose when everything's announced. But I'm curious enough to probably go see them and see what they do. Um, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, like I said, I, I,
1: it depends on what the next one looks like. I don't think Aaron Taylor Johnson, sort of like Leto, you know, I don't think he would have signed up if he thought the prospect of it was going to be bad. Um, I gave Venom one chance. And I saw the first one. <laughs> and then I had my thoughts on it. And that's why I didn't support a sequel. So it'll kind of go from there. Like if they make a Morbius sequel. <laughs>
0: we'll see <laughs> hold out for that other free red box ticket something like that um yeah last, all right last question then uh where yeah. would you rank this with venom and well you haven't seen venom 2 but i was gonna say where, where you know do you think better or worse than venom in your eyes i'll I'll rank mine with venom 2 also three. so out of the two and i i said this
1: immediately when i came out and, and texted you guys uh my immediate thing was better than venom okay and I, I think it strongly rests on the shoulders of the version of of Morbius. Okay. That it's not that it doesn't have to rely on this weird internal duality battle that Venom does. Yeah. That he's a person, he has conflict, he has struggle, it, it's it's a it's a easily more like digestible thing that exists there and some of the other things, it, everything we've talked about, it has some of the same story problems, special effects problems, et cetera. Yeah. But overall, it's just the two of them Morbius better than venom.
0: Okay. Yeah. I think uh, like I, I talked about earlier, I think venom Two is absolutely horrid. I think that is my least favorite out of most things right now. Um, <laughs> so that's the bottom of the list for me. Venom, I don't like, but I feel like could be watchable for most people. I think you just get through it and it's probably not great, but you could still be fine with it. It, almost like a, like a make fun of a bad movie type of thing. Like just how ridiculously stupid some of the crap is. Um, I think Morbius falls in the middle between those two. I think it's, it's better than Venom too, but I don't think it's as rewatchable as maybe what like Venom would Mm. be. Gotcha. So I'm putting it somewhere in the middle there. Okay. So we'll wrap up with our rating out of 10. Um, have you thought about it? Do you have a rating already? Okay I do. And so I before I do this, I know
1: a lot of this is app, apples to oranges. Um, and, and we're not like keeping you know a big master list of stuff except you know out of rewind theater and whatnot. I don't remember what I gave Venom in <laughs> rewind theater. I don't have that accessible. Ian is the scorekeeper. Um, but I'm going to amend my Batman rating first. <laughs> so I think I gave Batman I think I get I gave You're Batman about the a, Batman. The Batman. Yes. Okay. I think I gave it a seven. Uh yeah, I That's, don't remember. So I think I started a seven. I'm at least gonna bump this to a seven point five. Okay. For for the Batman. Because I'm gonna start Morbius I'm gonna start Morbius at a five. Okay. Higher than I thought. I, I don't think it's complete dog shit. Okay. And three four years ago when we were ranking movies we easily would have said like oh this movie sucks it's like a two (laughs) and as as much as we've done this especially in the last couple years with rewind whatnot i feel like i'm starting to like fine tune my thoughts a bit more so it's not the worst it is a bit of like right up the middle nothing special about it um and it just kind of is is what it is. I felt like a four or a four point five would be trying to be harsh on it for the sake of harshness. Okay. For for myself, so that's why it's gonna get a five. But I needed to create some distance, more distance between this, yeah, and the Batman. So that's that's why I amended that. So that's where. Okay. I am.
0: Um, yeah, I'm gonna go lower. Uh. <laughs> All right. I'm I'm looking at 2.5 for me out of 10. I okay. I if like I'm thinking if I would rate Venom one probably in the three or four range. Venom two would definitely probably be a one 1.5. So hitting the middle ground there somewhere. 2.5 for me is where this one falls. Okay. So again, I mean nothing against whoever listens to this, and if you like Morbius, more power to you. I it is not my cup of tea, and it's not something I'm probably gonna rewatch unless I absolutely have to. Um. Venom 2, I swear to god if I see that movie again I'm going to gouge my eyes out. But <laughs> so so you don't want to be
1: invited over for the library uh, rental of if, Carnage. If I'm
0: if I'm allowed to watch that and be like, "See, look how stupid this is. This makes no fucking sense the whole time." Then Not probably. Okay. Then I I might be that's I, probably I, the I, only way I can watch it is just to <laughs> literally just point out everything I hate about it as we go. <laughs> That's fine. Which, hey, maybe <laughs> might make your first experience more enjoyable. Who knows? Could be. <laughs> It'll bump it up from like a 1 to a 1.25. Yeah. <laughs> Just because of how animated I get when watching that movie. <laughs> uh, all right. So I think that's it for us. Uh, we'll go through the normal spiel. Uh, as always, you can find us on Facebook. Search Brygain and Superfriends or go to Facebook.com slash Superfriends. You can send us questions, comments, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that stuff there. If you've seen Morbius, let us know what you think. If you agree, disagree. Uh, where you stand on all that stuff. Uh, send us an email, brightguysuperfriends at gmail.com. It's legit. It works. I won't check it. You, you know, send to your heart's content. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at bgsuperfriends. That I will see. That we, we will respond to. Um, feel free to follow me on Twitch, Jedi Guy, That's Jedi with an I, Bri with a Y. Uh, whenever I decide to play some games, feel free to watch me, or if we do another live recording, we can do it there. Uh, on behalf of Josh and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.